This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome in to another edition of Fly the W. This one is season one. It is episode six and we are calling this one, unfortunately, Beat down in the Bronx, and that is putting it mildly. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show on 670 The Score. We are, of course, the official radio home of Chicago Cubs baseball with Pat and Ron and Zach. And as always, I am joined by my pal, Crawley. And you can find me at Crawley's Cubs, and you can follow us on Twitter at FlyTheW670. And also, we have an email account, FlyTheW670 at gmail.com. All right, Crowley, before we get down to the beatdown in the Bronx, before that game, there was a flurry of roster moves prior to that game, which was uh, Friday afternoon. Um, Wade Miley off the 15-day IL, Gomes and Villar off the 10-day. They reinstated right-handed reliever Chris Martin. Um, the corresponding moves for those were Marcus Stroman placed on the 15-day IL because he's got a shoulder, air quotes, Um retroactive back to June 7th. Uh, Michael Rucker and Afonso Rivas were optioned to Iowa. And then the big one, Clint Frazier, DFA'd. And we're going to go back to that in a second. But also, Cubs are saying that Seiya Suzuki may need to be shut down for a little bit while longer. Crowley, I want to start with Clint Frazier because I have been saying on the score, on the Mully and Haw show, that I want more Clint Frazier and I want less Jason Hayward. And now I'm going to get no Clint Frazier. In the last episode, we were guessing how many starts Frazier would get over uh, Hayward, and it turned out to be none. And it was just so frustrating to see this happen because, you know, they're talking it's a numbers game. We needed the roster spot. Our friend Sahad of Sharma from The Athletic uh, had a lot of great quotes that he put in there from David Ross. This is a quote here. Uh, we needed a 40-man roster spot for Chris Martin coming back off the restricted list. We haven't been able to give him real opportunities to watch him succeed. It's a tough decision. We think a lot of Clinton, his ability with the appendix and limited at bats, not being able to see a real spot for him right now. It's just one of those tough decisions. Well, David Ross, you're the one in charge of giving him opportunities. So why wasn't he given those opportunities? Yeah, I'm calling complete BS on that. I think this morning on the show, I called it um... – Oh, nepotism, baseball nepotism at its finest. I, I understand that David Ross has a relationship with Jason Hayward, and I understand um, those tight bonds. And they were obviously World Series teammates together, champions together. But this is on Jed. Jed is in charge of the roster, at least until I'm told differently. Jed is in charge of the roster. If he leaves this guy on the roster, 
for David Ross to play. I can't necessarily blame Ross for playing him unless Jed and David are having a, a tug of war behind the scenes and, and Ross won this one. I'm calling BS. He, there, he must be a pot stirrer. He must be saying things, doing things. He's got to be a bad teammate. Otherwise, this makes absolutely no sense at all. Well, Ross adds his ability to show what he's capable of hasn't really panned out because of David Ross. With how our roster's constructed, it's kind of tough to find him a spot. I think we all believe that Clint Frazier's got a lot of really good baseball in him. Him getting the opportunity to go out there and prove it is the hard part right now, and it shouldn't be. Couldn't Rafael Ortega have like an elbow or a shoulder or something and go on the 10-day IL? Do we really need to see Jonathan Villar? Do they need extra infielders right now? I think they're flush with infielders right now. They don't have to have that. In worst case, you could have Christopher Morrell come in from center field and play second base if you absolutely had to. So again, I am calling BS on this whole situation. It stinks out loud and something is not right at Clark and Addison as far as Clint Frazier goes. And, and, and when they asked David Ross how Frazier took it, he said he was upset. Emotional be a good word. I think he likes it here a lot. I think he believes in his baseball skills, which we do too. Didn't show it. I think it's just one of those really tough decisions we had to make sometimes, which stink. He's worked his tail off and done nothing but been a great teammate here. So he has a lot of great baseball in him. He's a great teammate, but he didn't get opportunities because I didn't play him. Do I think, do I got that right? That sounds about right. He did not play him. Ta speaking of a guy who has not played and we have not seen play, and that is the top free agent signing who just was tearing it up in the National League. It looked like he was going to be the runaway winner of the um, rookie of the year in the NL. And, of course, we're talking about Seiya Suzuki, and he has been down with a finger, not with a hamstring, not with an elbow, but with a finger. Crowley, what, what do you think is going on there? Well, it's an injury that he that he had previously in Japan, and uh, he re-aggravated it with uh, a slide trying to get to second. And so he's been trying, and, and potentially maybe he's just trying to push himself too hard, and, and maybe just a little rest is what he needs. But, I mean, you, you know, we're going to talk about the Yankees series, which was a frustrating one. But when you think about all the moves the Cubs made in the offseason, which, A, weren't enough – but, you know, they didn't have the depth that you needed. You've lost three of the pitchers that you acquired in the offseason, and you lost your star right fielder that you signed. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to give a pass to the Cubs organization because, as I just said, they could have done way more in the offseason than what they did. But, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of success when you lose three-fifths of your rotation. That's just not really a good recipe for success. No. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Okay. Crowley, before we, I mean, we could spend a half an hour talking about all these moves. Is there one of the other moves that we just went over briefly that you think has an impact immediately? Um, you want to talk about Marcus Stroman. Do you think that there is something there? Do you think maybe he's got dead arm? They need to let him build it back up. Which other one would you like to hit on before we move down into the beat down in the Bronx? You know, with Stroman, uh, it's it's been just a very frustrating go because he just hasn't been able to kind of get moving. And and he was a key piece right there. You're talking about losing arguably your number one starter from the rotation. So, um, you know, we saw him have some really good starts. We saw him have some okay starts. And we saw him have one bad start against St. Louis. Uh, just frustrating because I don't think we've obviously seen the best of what Marcus Stroman has to offer and when you now have uh, 
re, uh, Miley and Smiley, the Smiley and Smiley twins going on the IL, that absolutely kills this team because the plan all along was that you had a rotation of Hendricks, uh, Stroman, Miley, Smiley, and then one of the three guys at the time, I'm going all the way back to spring training, whether it was going to be Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson or Adbert Alzali, one of those guys would be fighting for the fifth spot, maybe Alec Mills, and then the other guys would be in the rotation trying to build up their arm strength, uh, you know, kind of work on things, but still, you know, not be as an important of a piece. And this whole season has just been a disaster when you talk about the Cubs pitching and being injured. Wade Miley, how many starts does he have? Three. Smiley never really got it going. We just talked about Stroman never really getting going. We haven't seen Kyle Hendricks. He's going to be starting in the San Diego series. We haven't seen him since the 1st of June. These guys that we have out here right now, they weren't supposed to be uh, starters. And, you know, it's going to show. You're going to have some of the stinkers that you had when you think about this last series against the Yankees. One more I'd like to talk about before we get into the Yankees series is Jan Gomes. And if he's he's back and now the Cubs and Wilson Contreras avoided the arbitration, they met halfway in the middle. So as of now, he is still property of the Cubs and they have a contract for the rest of the season. If Gomes is catching four out of five days, I think that is going to be an unbelievable indication that the Cubs are have Wilson Contreras on the trade market. He will be DHing and batting probably second, maybe even first some nights, and that they are going to try to keep him absolutely as healthy as possible. If they put him back behind the plate three to four days a week, then I would think that that means you're keeping him and you're willing for him to get some nicks and bruises and just beat up as it is when you wear the tools of ignorance. So what do you think? Do you think we're going to see a lot more gomes to keep Wilson healthy, or do you think we're going to see plenty of Wilson behind the plate up until the trade deadline? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I think you'll see uh, Wilson catching three days a week. But one thing that is interesting about this whole DFAing of Frazier is they decided to keep P.J. Higgins on the roster. So you have three catchers on the roster currently. Great point. Now, Great point. Now, P.J. can play some first and, you know, uh, and probably better defensively than Frank Schwindel. Revis was optioned to Iowa, so that opens it up. But I thought that that was an interesting choice to go with the three catchers. And like I said, you can play Higgins. He's that, that, he's that athletic at first. Uh, but, but just something to kind of keep in the back of your head. Right. And then, and then we go back to the whole like Chris Martin move. Okay. You could have put Higgins back down and brought Martin up and left Frazier alone. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some something again. Something doesn't. Makes sense. Something doesn't stink. All right. 
that's enough about the roster. Let, let's unfortunately talk about the beatdown in the Bronx. Okay. The Cubs were swept out of New York City. I got a couple of numbers for you, Crawley. The Cubs were outscored 28 to 5 over three days. And the Cubs now are 0 and 12 all time against the Yankees in New York. I actually saw when they opened the new Yankee stadium, my dad and I went to the opening series. It was a two exhibition games and they lost both of those as well. well so uh, 14, <laughs> and if you want to put those on the, on the docket. Oh boy. Yeah. New York. Uh, it's what do they say? If you make it there, you can make it anywhere. Apparently not for the Cubs. Um, it was, that was just, it was bad, but, but here, here's the thing to keep in mind is that, you saw it with the Dodgers as well. When the Dodgers were here in Chicago, the Dodgers and the Yankees are pretty much one, two on every power ranking that you see out there. They are the cream of the crop when it comes to major league baseball. And that just is a measuring stick of how far back the Cubs are. And so when we talked last on episode five, we said, please don't get swept. And the Cubs had that opportunity. The Yankees had to fly in late. I think they came in at five in the morning before that first game. That was your opportunity. It turned out to be a disaster, not in the way of a beatdown, but just the way that the game played out. And, uh, you know, it, it's very hard when, when you're, when, when you have all the injuries that I mentioned, going up against a team that came into the game having one of the best ERAs and also scoring the most runs. And when I was listening to Pat and Ron on the radio, Pat brought that stat up. You know, if you score the more, most runs and you give up the least amount of runs, that's a recipe for success. And you, <laughs> you sure as heck saw it this weekend. A math, a math major he is. Really quick, though, at least with the Dodgers, it was competitive there were some competitive moments. They won a game. They almost won two games. And you talk about the measuring stick, Crawley. I mean, the Yankees took the measuring stick and literally beat the Cubs outside the head with the measuring stick. All right, enough about that. Let, let's get into game one. That one went to the Yankees. Extra innings, two to one. Break it down for us, Crawley. It was absolutely um, worst case scenario. You had Wade Miley going up against Luis Severino, who's been doing great. They lose two to one. Uh, Hayward must have heard that everyone was mad about the DFA of Frazier because he hit a double and a home run. He accounted for all the Cubs scoring. One of those weird games where the Cubs out hit the Yankees nine to six, but lose anyway. Um, the, the trouble here with this one is that Wade Miley gets pulled from this game. That left shoulder that's been bothering him continues. So he only, he's by the time he gets to the fourth inning, he is pulled. And so the Cubs have an early one, nothing lead after a uh, Hayward double. He advances the third on a fly out by magical one out the infield in Morel with a weak grounder to short and Hayward tried to score and he was thrown out by a mile and that play it's the little things. It's the little things with this team. That, that ball was right in front of Hayward. It was going right to the shortstop. It, there was no reason he couldn't have made it back because the ball wasn't absolutely scalded to the shortstop. And then the next play up in Contreras singles, that would have been one run. So you make so many stupid base running mistakes with this team. And then with two on and two out, Hap is robbed by Aaron Judge in center fielder, which I never thought I would hear that, you know, saying to see a six foot seven or however big he is, 200 and something pound center fielder. He made an awesome diving play to, uh, to rob Hap of runs. So the Cubs get shut out there. 
And then, like I said, in the fourth, Miley can't pitch, so Daniel Norris has to come in, immediately gives up a home run to former Cub Glabar Torres. Now, uh, Hayward's able to answer in the fifth, but just so many bad things end up happening, and we get to that extra inning, courtesy runner on second rule, and again, the Yankees came in at five in the morning. They are a much better hitting team, and you caught them exhausted and you had a chance to take one, and you couldn't score with a runner in scoring position in the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, or the 13th, and in the bottom of the 13th, the pitch hitter, Jose Treviano, with a walk-off single. And that got the Cubs involved in an unbelievable stat that we'll walk you through during this uh, three-game beatdown. The Cubs 0-for-18 with runners in scoring position on Friday night. They left 13 guys on base. So now we move into Game 2. It was Matt Schwarmer making his uh, Yankee debut in New York for you know a visiting pitcher. And I we had a good debate on the score about this, whether or not we wanted to see guys like Kyle Hendricks, maybe Alec Mills, if Stroman at that point was healthy enough, or did we want to see a young guy? I wanted to see Swarmer, and trust me, so did the Yankees, who hit six solo home runs. Another bad Cub record was set by Matt Swarmer. And Crowley, before we dive really – I just want like where was the life jacket for this guy? Where was the where was the the lifeguard? That was ridiculous to leave Matt Schwarmer out there. He got absolutely pounded. Well, it comes down to taking one for the team because of Oof. the amount of bullpen guys that they used. But they had what they have. They had Wednesday off. They had Thursday off. So I mean, everyone should have been rested. But uh, that, that's just how it goes. They let him in there to take that beating. And the funny thing is he only gave up one hit that wasn't a home run. Unfortunately, the other six were. Judge had two. Stanton had one. Glebar Torres again. Trevino and then our old pal Anthony Rizzo had one. So just an absolute disaster. The Cubs only had uh, five hits. And then it was Schwindel and Gomes who both had a pair. So other than them, the Cubs had one hit. Right. And then the more bad news in that one, if that wasn't enough for you, the Cubs were now O for their last 40 with runners in scoring position. It was the second longest streak in MLB over the past 40 seasons. Okay. So now we get to game three. You're looking to not get swept. Keegan Thompson throwing for the Cubs and Keegan had had a miserable outing against the Orioles earlier in this week and things really didn't get any better, did they, Crowley? No, he did not even make it one full inning. He only lasted two thirds and gave up three hits, five runs, three walks. Uh, you know, you, we were hoping for a good bounce back and clearly we didn't have it. And it's a question now, is it, is his arm tired? Is there some mechanical issues? Uh, in our last episode, Lance Brozdowski was talking that Sean Marshall mentioned maybe he's tipping. I don't know. The Cubs are going to have to figure it out. But uh, it was a very difficult, difficult to watch. And not only that, the bullpen did nothing. Uh, Daniel Norris, who is still on this roster, gave up five runs, two home runs. Mills gave up two. Newcomb, who just came back from injury, gave up five. And Frank Schwindel got to pitch again, your favorite, Dustin. He threw the slowest pitch ever to be hit for a home run. 
Yeah, I don't need to see Frank Schwindel pitch another time this year. I can't stand that. The Cubs went on to be 0 for 48 with runners in scoring position before Hap singled somebody in in the seventh. So they finished 1 for 51, left 28 runners on base, passed the 96. At least it was the 1996, not the 1896 Giants, who went 43 consecutive hitless at-bats with runners in scoring position. Again, the Cubs outscored in this series 28 to 5. Yeah, and, and the worst thing, too, is on that Saturday game is that morale streak ended, that on-base streak that, that was about the only thing keeping us afloat at 22 games. And then on the Sunday game, he had a brutal game, 0 for 5 with 4K. So it was it – was, there was nothing you could really do. It was a – I used to have a coach tell me, you can't win the Kentucky Derby with a mule. You could have the fastest mule. You could train that mule, give it the best food, but you ain't, you're not going to beat a thoroughbred. What you saw out there is a team in the Yankees that are hot, that were a World Series favorite coming into it, and they showed you exactly why. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 